Welcome to Becoming Your Best Version, a podcast in which I get to interview amazing women whose paths have crossed mine one way or another, and they share their tips on living their best lives. And today we have this really amazing woman, Sarah Schulting-Krantz, an acclaimed author, keynote speaker, trauma and life leadership authority, wilderness guide, and executive producer of Walk Through This, a documentary feature in production of her healing journey in nature. She's also a single mom raising three amazing sons. As a multiple trauma survivor who used nature in her healing and transformational journey, Sarah coaches clients, leadership executives, and organizations on the necessity and benefits of using nature for mental and emotional health. You will find Sarah speaking to businesses and running executive leadership workshops in addition to leading healing transformational and leadership retreats in nature. Sarah's signature land healing retreat is in the Grand Canyon, where she guides clients to go deep within themselves while being guided into the healing benefits of nature. Her signature water healing retreat involves kayaking out of Whittier, Alaska, alongside glaciers and surrounded by majestic mountains. All of her retreats, whether signature or tailored, involve transformational coaching, healing, hiking, adventure, connection to to nature, energy work, manifestation, mindfulness, and meditation. Her latest book, Walk Through This, Harness the Healing Power of Nature and Travel, The Road to Forgiveness, was released just in 2020. The documentary Walk Through This, A Story of Starting Over, was filmed in Black Earth, Wisconsin, LA, and in the Grand Canyon with an expected release date of this fall. Find out more on Sarah, S-A-R-A, Schulting, S-C-H-U-L-T-I-N-G, Krantz, K-R-A-N-Z.com, or and or walkthroughthis.com and follow her on Instagram and Facebook. I have all of this information in the show notes. So don't spend time scribbling this down. (laughs) Welcome, Sarah, to becoming your best version. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Your name came from a friend. And when she heard about my podcast, she's like, what do you mean? You haven't had Sarah Shelton Krauts on your podcast yet? She just fits. She fits. And indeed you do. So I'd love to start with your book because I think it, it sounds like, although I haven't read it yet, and I plan to, it sounds like it really um, kind of encompasses all the healing work that you do. Yeah. And so um, we, you know, I wrote the book. Uh, it starts with a, um, it starts with my, the memoir of my life. Uh, that's the introduction. And then it goes into the science behind nature healing. And then it goes into seven steps um, through the healing process and into forgiveness. And so the very last step is <clears throat> step seven is all about forgiveness, forgiveness for self, forgiveness for others, forgiveness for the world. And then there's a conclusion, which is all about how do we know that this work is working, right? And that forgiveness is working and that nature is working and that I'm living my best self, that I'm really stepping into that space. I'm really proud of this book, I have to say. It's been a journey. It looks amazing. I am also a trauma survivor. 
Um, but in reading your story, uh, it's really moving. And the fact that you are public about what happened to you helps, I'm sure, a lot of people. I mean, I have spoken at the National March to End Rape Culture. And after I talked about my sexual assault and sexual abuse as a child, women came up to me and said, I can't believe you said that out loud. And they are yeah. always in tears saying, I'm, I can't say what happened to me out loud. Where did you find the strength to come forward and talk about having been sexually assaulted at age 17? You know, it's, gosh, when I, when that happened, when I was 17, um, I'm really learning that my story is transforming. I'm just going to like, kind of start there. Right. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I think that that's the beauty of speaking your truth. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had, uh, I've had numerous people say this to me, like the truth will set you free. And it really, truly does set you free. Yeah. Um, the thing that I also just want to like remind people of is your truth starts with that inner simply being able to whisper it to yourself. This happened to me. And then through the whispering of self into self of this happened to me, this does not define me and accepting, acknowledging and understanding, right. Mm -hmm. And learning from it. And then being able to step into that next space of how am I not going to be defined by this truth? How am I going to allow myself to grow from it and step into the space of, of who it is that, that I am outside of that. Right. And so a lot of people I'm finding with my own life right now, people are, I, I don't want to be identified as that. Okay. And because I'm not that what I am mm -hmm. is this, is this risen woman from that space where this happened to me. And um, when I was 17 though, and, and, and I experienced that time in my life and people didn't believe me, I felt back then like, the, the most important person that had to believe in me is me, right? And to believe my truth and to believe what happened and to believe, because there were many times where I would start to question myself, where I was, you know, holding on to shame or regret or anger or like blame to myself. And what I have realized through all of this is that there, you are not, you are such a beautiful human being because of your freaking story. Mm -hmm. And you can transform into this even more beautiful, incredible human being outside of that story. So that's where I'm at right now in my chapter is, is growing from that. How is, how is me honoring my truth and honoring my story um, evolving as I am becoming this next space of my life? Mm, so where beautiful. did I, I find that? Where did I find, where did I find the strength to do that? It literally was just simply you know, when my second trauma happened at 40, I never talked about, um, I never actually talked about my rape until the Me Too movement. And what I did was I wrote a blog, <laughs> I posted it on my social media and I pressed publish. Oh my God. And I literally pressed publish, got into a car. This is a no lie. Got into a car drove to this mountains and I climbed San, San Bernardino mountain. And I had this whole time. I was like, man, I only wonder what's happening out there in the world right now. And then I literally just released it to the universe and said, this isn't mine to hold. And then I climbed off that mountain and I got into my car. And once I got service, I pulled it up 
And I saw how many times that my story was shared, commented on and liked. And I went, huh, okay, cool. Don't have to, don't like released, like not mine. Oh and my so, gosh. I truly uh, think, I, I don't necessarily think that that's the way to do it for everybody. It was for me because I get very um, tired of saying the same thing over and over again, you know, like, you know, yes, that happened. And, uh, and, and we're all better, more strong human beings because of it, because we can speak our truth. So that's that's what I did. (laughs) I did. Your story just blows me away. And I got chills when you were talking because I kept my secret for 20 some years and I just pretended it didn't happen. Pretended it didn't happen. And I, it was like holding a beach ball underwater. It took so much emotional energy to keep it contained. And it popped up in unexpected ways. It infiltrated my relationships in ways I didn't really appreciate until later in life. And for me, it, it manifested in alcohol abuse. And I am now 10 years sober, but oh, it was a hard road. I just wanted to escape the inner hatred and disgust at myself and who I was and feeling like it was my fault in some way because I was drunk when it happened and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, you know, here's the thing about speaking your truth that I think is most important is that when we speak our truth, we are giving others the opportunity to do the same, right? That's the most important thing. We are giving others the opportunity to look inward and say, this happened to me. And that that's actually what I've found over and over and over again through this is that people are coming to me and saying, oh my gosh, like this happened to me and this happened to me and this happened to me now. Okay. There are many, many people, and this is where I do want to also say there are many, many people, hurt people will hurt people, hurt people, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. healing people. I never say healed people will heal people because here's the deal. I'm not healed. None of us. You think you are, you're fully mistaken. None of us are. We are all on a healing journey from the day that we are born, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Through our, through the, through the birth process, we are always on a healing journey. Healing people heal people. We allow others to heal, right? Because we have permission to do the same. The thing that I want everybody to remember is this, what you focus on grows. So if you can look at your truth as nothing more than uh, uh, the seedling to the most beautiful flower and understanding that people will sometimes look at your flower like it's a weed. They will sometimes look at your truth like it is toxic. And here's the thing. If they're looking at your truth, like it's a toxic thing, it's only because they're not looking at their own shit within themselves. Mm -hmm. They tend to project the fact that they can't speak their truth, which I don't look at as, as anything more than an invitation to their honesty. Right. So when we can look at it, like when we're speaking our truth, we are giving them an invitation to their own honesty. And so I don't, I don't, as much as sometimes people have questioned or ridiculed me for speaking my truth, what I look at it is, and this is where I always say, this is your opportunity to get more real within yourself. That's it. That's it. That's it. Because when we can do that, we then can peel back the layers of what's happening within our life. So for a lot of people, it is manifestation of alcoholism or drugs or whatever it is. And secrets kill. 
they kill. They see secrets kill. That's it. Period. Point blank. <laughs> and it will so kill up. True. So secrets true. Kill. And then how did you find out for yourself and your clients the e extraordinary healing power of nature? It, has that always been your go-to or how are you led to that path? When I went through this at 17, I found myself two places locked in the art room drawing. And a lot of times it was, um, the details of nature, the details of hands, the details of human. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I also found myself in nature. I would, um, go down to the black earth Creek with my mom and we would fish, or I would go out into the, you know, the field and just like watch bugs. And it's not an escape as much as it is as a coming home. So people that say, oh, you're, you're um, escaping too. You're actually coming home to who you are. Um, so that's what I did at 17. And then when I turned 40 and had my uh, betrayal, I experienced betrayal and relational trauma. Um, I found myself doing what I did at 17, but not realizing it, that that's what I was doing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and so I was, I was grabbing my paddleboard and I was going onto the ocean. I was paddling with dolphins and whales. I was, you know, uh, mountains. I was going into the grand Canyon. I was walking outside. I was watching butterflies. I had a butterfly land in my hand one day and I just sat there uh, just 10 minutes. Like I, it was forever. I don't even know how long it felt like an hour. Um, and I finally had to release it because I had to go pick my son up from school. I was like, you know, this is awesome. I love having you here. And I need to get home to get my child. And so <clears throat> nature was inviting me in as I was also walking into nature. And so what it was doing was literally inviting me into the space of who I am as a woman, as a mom, as a, you know, partner, as all the things outside of my traumas that I had experienced. Mm. What I didn't realize is that what it was also doing was allowing my brain to slow down. And for my body to catch up, right? Because when we experience trauma, we literally go through this space of fight or flight um, or freeze. And it allowed my body to catch up to, um, to my own clarity within what was happening in my life. Wow, that is beautiful, beautiful. I definitely am a proponent of forest baths, of nature hikes and retreats and gaining the power from mother earth so i applaud you in this this beautiful work that you do and one of the things that just tickles me about your podcast and your blog and and some of your offerings is that you post a lot of pictures of yourself having summited these huge peaks and then you show yourself in red high heel shoes yeah i love it i love it what an image it's both empowering and feminine and beautiful and bold just great that just came to you on a whim well so i was running on the green belts outside i was running on the green belts here in hermosa beach and i had a lot of people questioning me about my marriage and about who i was coming out of this just questioning me all the way around like hmm who are you outside of all of this? And, and you're like going in, you're climbing mountains and you're now leading retreats. And like, what is it, like, what, what is it that you're doing? Like, I don't understand. And I think that that's actually that space of when you're, I was 40 at the time that all this happened. And it was like 42 that I started to um, 
build a business outside of my healing. Right. And, um, when all of that, when I was being questioned, I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I like, what I really want to do is to take a pair of red heels because red is strength, power, love. There's so much like embracing through that color. And I'm going to take a pair of red heels to the top of the summit and I'm going to put them on and I'm going to take a picture and, and have people understand that there are many versions of who we are as women and who I am as a woman. And so I took them to the top of Mount Baldy and I took a picture and that one picture went crazy and I decided, you know what, I need to take these all over the place. And so then I started taking them into, you know, on the John Muir trail when I hiked for 22 days, like I've taken those things everywhere, different pairs everywhere. And I just love taking pictures in them. Some people look at them like, oh, that's a little daring and sexy. And you know what? I'm like, yeah, they are. Some of them are. I love <laughs> it. I think it's a great image. It's a great empowering image. And I think one of the gifts of the feminist movement is that we all have choices and we all can celebrate all our aspects. We don't have to choose one monolithic way of being. And I love the duality of power and feminism, sexiness embodied in the photographs that you post. I love it, love it, love it. And I, I do, because I speak on sexual trauma, talk to a lot of people who have been sexually assaulted. And in my journey, have been surprised to know that one in five women in the US will have been sexually assaulted in their lifetime, according to reported statistics. So who knows how high it is with unreported uh, incidents. But I have not spoken to a lot of people who realize that their spouse it was leading a double life and your husband came out as gay after 17 years of marriage which must have been very confusing and very difficult for your entire family. So I, I know a little bit about how you dealt with it. How did your sons deal with it? Remarkably well. Um, my sons are incredible human beings. They're just, they're just incredible kids. And I always say though, that I don't speak on behalf of them. Like sure. this is always a space where I, as their mom, I'm, unfortunately, I think what's happened is that, you know, people, uh, people have been so good, so good to my kids, like through yeah. all of this, they've been amazing to my kids. And unfortunately people, there are also people who, um, again, it's, it's their own projection of their own inner turmoil where they like to maybe question a little too much, right. Mm -hmm. Um, about my children and I'm very, very protective of them. Um, they've done a, a remarkable job. They're just, and I, and the thing that I think that as parents, and I did talk about this on the doctors is, uh, when I was interviewed with them is, um, we need to share our kids, show our kids that we are imperfect, perfect human beings. Mm -hmm. And so, um, my ex-husband has done a, a great job, just a really, really good job with the boys and explaining uh, his space with what he went through. And I have done the same with what I have gone through and continue to. And I messed up many, many times as a parent through this, where I've been like, well, I would have done that differently. Would have done that differently. Would have done that differently. All of us can say that. And it's all true. of us can say that, yeah. right? Exactly. And you know, I think that if anything, as a family, we've done a really good job of also 
um, honoring the fact that we are all on our individual journeys and we are a family unit. And so they, uh, they're just such good kids though. Like, I don't, I mean, like, I don't even know what else to say. They're good. That's enough. That's enough. I'm just happy to hear. You know, I'm proud of them. I'm really, 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 really proud of how they have handled all of this and continue to handle all of this because you just like, you know, my ex-husband with what he went through, you know, I know that I, as a mom, push it with them because now I'm the one that's gone like public, public with yeah, it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that hasn't been easy for them either. And I, rec- mm-hmm. I totally, and I, that's my own inner balance of recognizing that. And also saying to them, look, the bandit got tore off, I, you know, and so let's all heal with that. So it's because we're not the only person going, the only family going through this. Yeah, sure. And I have to say that um, that go through this. Yeah, it's true. And when I turned 50, I got sober, divorced, became an empty nester and was living alone for my first time. But my sobriety journey was pretty public where we live because I was in rehab during some pretty pivotal moments in my children's lives. And I, I have a tremendous amount of still guilt over not being there when my son graduated from eighth grade and private school and you know people like where's your mom oh rehab you know it just feels bad to think about it my kids are doing well now but I I am going to live my amends to them for a very long time so Yeah. And, you know, and I think that I think, unfortunately, (laughs) yeah, let's just also state this. That's their journey. Mm -hmm. And so we need to honor their journey. I I didn't ask for my family and I apologized to my mom this weekend. I was like, I'm so sorry that I had brought all of this into the family with me. Like, you know, and, and, and I hold my own guilt about that because I do. It's just, that's just, and being very fiercely self-compassionate to self and saying, this was my journey and unconditional love. And so, right. And being able to say that they've gone through, my parents have gone through stuff. I've gone through stuff. My brothers go through stuff. Like we all go through stuff. Right. And so, and being able to see that as a human on their own human freaking journey. And that, guess what? That's your kid's journey. I mean, you didn't choose it. You didn't choose to be, to be an alcoholic. I didn't choose to be a trauma survivor. Yeah. I didn't choose any of this shit. Like (laughs) I wasn't like, yay, I'm born today. I get to go through all of this. Like, you know, and as my mom said to me this weekend, when I sat with her and when she said to me, you've never been one to sit back. You just haven't been. And I wasn't even as a kid, I was the kid who was speaking up for the kid that was bullying another, like I was that person. And so being able to honor that and say, you know what? I can't apologize for being me. I don't want my kids to apologize for being them. And hopefully they can unconditionally love me for my speaking of my truth, just like I can unconditionally love them through their entire journey, because guess what? They're going to be going through a lot of stuff too. Oh, that is a gem. There you Thank go. you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank oh, you. To parents everywhere. <laughs> damn grace, for goodness sake. <laughs> Parenting is hard 
these days. Oh, it indeed is. Um, it's so hard. Thank you for that. I needed to hear that today. And I, You're welcome. gosh, You're welcome. So I also want to talk about the documentary. What does it feel like being the subject of a documentary? So the documentary is actually being pushed out right now because of COVID. So it's actually not going to be done this fall. Okay. Um, and you know what? I always say a documentary takes form. And so it's taking form yet. And uh, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, it, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it is in anything else. It's bizarre being seeing you. Yes. And, you know, it's just like when I wrote the book, I sat there writing the book during COVID and I was putting it all my heart and my soul into it. And, um, and it's scary. It's really, really scary. And at the same time, it's very freeing because you know how many people it's helping. I was just on a phone call with somebody and they said, so-and-so has read your book twice. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, it just like, it just warms my heart knowing that it's helping so many people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, just like I did, you bled all over those pages Yeah. and in so doing you're helping other people. Wow. Beautiful. And the other women in the documentary also look like their stories are intense really intense. Um, and Eliana runs the healing retreats with me right now. Ah. So, um, she's, was a former client and now she's actually working beside me. She lost her. I mean, the stories of these women are just like, oh. holy moly. I mean, it just like, oh my gosh, uh, Eliana lost her husband when she was nine months pregnant with her second son mm. due to a work accident. And, um, so yeah, when I run these retreats, I now have, have her do them with me. Yeah. Gosh, I want to come on one of your retreats. They sound oh, so I leave powerful. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Really How old are. are your kids now? 30, 20, and 15. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you are not even kids. They're like yeah. adults. <laughs> well, I guess the, the point I was making is that you can now probably do more of these retreats because your kids are fairly launched. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, this year I'm, um, so I'm leaving on Wednesday for one. I have one in April, July and over Thanksgiving. Um, and then I have a water healing retreat that I run, uh, out of Whittier, Alaska, where we do kayaking next to glaciers. Um, uh, it's all water healing. It's beautiful. And that's in July. So this year, yeah, I have five that I'm running. Yeah. Which is really, it's amazing. Cause it's, that's a lot of souls that you're touching that are being, that are being healed and transformed. Oh, I just keep getting chills. This doesn't happen to me a lot during an interview, but everything that you're saying is really touching me deeply and telling me, for me, when I get chills, that means truth. Yeah. And I believe that I need, I'm being called to go on one of your retreats. Oh, please come. April's almost filled up. So make sure if you're going to jump into that, that you do that quick. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're really amazing. So I, much fun. I also see you did a TEDx talk. What was the subject? It was all on forgiveness. Um, so yeah, and that was a really uh, powerful talk to give. Yeah. I bet. I'm going to listen to that after we finish recording. And my final question for all guests is, what do you do to become your best version? I take time for myself every day and I sit in fear, self-compassion and uh, 
honestly use the tools from my book. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing the tools. That's what I they're working. It works. It works. They work. They do work. Yay. Yeah. Well, I thank you for raising the vibration of the world and sharing what has worked for you, a person who has risen from, from significant trauma and is shining a light for other people to move through their traumas too. So thank you, Sarah Shelton Crowns, for being on the show. And do t- pick up her book, look at her website. Check out her retreats and the documentary film, which will be coming out when it comes out. So thank you. It'll get there. It'll get there. I I will. Everything has its own time. I love Can't wait to take you down into the canyon. Yeah, I'm there. I'm coming. All right. We'll see you next week on Becoming Your Best Version. Thanks again. Mm -hmm.